are listening to The Reckless Entrepreneur. My name is Francesca Mamlin, but you can call me Fran. I'm a girl with a mission to inspire a generation of bold, courageous, daring, and passionate entrepreneurs. And I want to inspire you to chase your passion and persist past the point where most people would quit. Because on the other side of that lies your true purpose. I'm so glad you tuned in and I can't wait to see what you have to share with the world. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Reckless Entrepreneur. Today, for the first time ever, I have a guest with me. I'm here with Lee Rowley. That's how you pronounce your last name, right? Rowley? Close enough. Yeah, cool. Um, He's a really talented copywriter and the owner of Cage-Free Marketing Copy. He also has a podcast of his own. I'll let him talk about that in a second. Um, So I've been wanting to do a podcast episode about copywriting because it's so important as a business owner to be able to write and speak about your business and do it in a really authentic way. So that's what Lee and I are going to be talking about today. And I'm really stoked for this conversation because Lee has a really unique and original approach to writing marketing copy. And he's doing a lot, in my opinion, to shake up the online marketing industry um, to help us break away from the, as he puts it, like cookie cutter strategies that aren't really working anymore as we progress further into the digital age. So Lee, welcome to The Reckless Entrepreneur and thank you for being here. Thank you very much, Francesca. Do you go by Fran or Francesca? I've seen you um, use both in email. I usually go by Fran, yeah, Fran. You go by Fran, we can do that, okay. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate that and and uh, we're gonna have a great time with this, so. It's gonna be you. great. Yeah, so let's start with learning a little more about you. So how did you become an entrepreneur and how did you become a copywriter? Cool. Well, you know, this may come as a shock to you, but I did not grow up as a child in Southern Ohio in the 1980s thinking, I want to be a copywriter when I grow up. No, I just, (laughs) it never crossed my mind. I don't know. You know, you know what I wanted to be? I wanted to be a professional wrestler. No way. Really? Yeah, no, it was like back in the 80s when they all wore the spandex and the sequin capes and the, all the pomposity and, the, you know, the Hulk Hogan days and all that, you know. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wear sparkly stuff and I'm going to prance around the ring with my big – obviously, genetics just really didn't comply with the whole <laughs> plan. So, uh, you know, you know, what you're going to do when these 13-inch pythons come down on you? No, it just doesn't have the same ring to it. So – you know, I, I, I got an art degree, realized that was useless. Um, spent 10 I years in the corporate world. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spent 10 years in the corporate world. I was a compliance manager for an insurance company, which is every bit as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I, I just, I've been telling people I couldn't take any more and I went out and struck out on my own. The reality of it is, is like, I, I just stopped giving a crap and I got fired because I was making stupid mistakes. You know, it was just like, it was so soul sucking that I just stopped caring and eventually the problem just took care of itself. Uh, so uh, the only other thing I had, I'm like, well, what else am I good at? And I'm like, okay, well, words, we can give that a shot. So 
you know, I got a few clients and thankfully it worked out. They started telling other people about it and uh, it turned into a full-time business in a matter of a couple of months. Wow. I, I did not know that about you. That's, that's really cool. So um, how did that kind of transition into what you're doing now um, and the impact that you're making on the world right now with sure. the original like cage-free no recipe kind of thing. Right, right. Well, you know, I, I I started out, I learned copywriting the same way that pretty much everybody else does, which is, uh, you know, use templates, uh, use these pre-formatted structures. This is what's worked for, you know, this is what Can Dan Kennedy was doing back in the 70s. This is what everybody was doing these with these direct mail letters. Follow this structure, use these, they call them moves you know, which basically just means, you know, just tricks that you work in there to, to fool people into buying, you know, you manipulate the heck out of them and, you know, then they buy and everybody's happy. Right. So, but it just didn't, it never felt right. I did what I was taught to do for like six years. I bought, I, I wrote templated copy. I wrote the same thing that everybody else was writing and then asking myself, well, why the heck can't I charge what they're charging? Why can't I have you know, the, what they have, you know, and really it, it finally dawned on me as well, because you sound like everybody else. You're a commodity. Mm -hmm. you know, if you sound like everybody else, if you look like everybody else, if you write your marketing messaging using templates, there's nothing to distinguish you from the next person other than I'm willing to work cheaper. Mm -hmm. you know, and I just, I, I couldn't take that anymore. And, and, you know, if you, if you don't mind me going into like a little bit personal uh, bit of it, it, the, really the pivot point for me, uh, it was, was a personal thing. Uh, my, my only child, uh, daughter named Aria, she passed away uh, when just after her 10th birthday. And, uh, you know, I didn't take that well. I plunged into alcoholism uh, for, for almost a year. And, you know, I, I was still doing this stuff because I still had to make money. But, you know, I, I finally got to that point where, like, I'm going to have to take something positive away from this because you know, I, I've got the rest of my life to live. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought back about how my daughter had developed this unique personality and how she really loved for people for, for who they were as long as they would accept her because she had a lot of physical challenges. Uh, she looked different. She was always a little jaundiced. And a lot of the kids really just weren't all that fond of her. And she was just like, I don't care about those people. Those, that doesn't affect me. I love my people and they love me and I'm here to help them shine. I, you know, I will do anything I can for them. Uh, you know, and it just, it dawned on me that like, I have the opportunity to create, to continue that legacy through my work. The only way that I know how, which is the written word. Right. So you know, I, I, most people get to carry on their parents' legacy, you know, as they get older and retire and pass. But I had this unique opportunity to carry on my child's legacy. So that's really what drives this whole authenticity about people bringing out their own brilliance instead of being looking and, and, and sounding like everybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow, that's incredible. And I think there's so much to take away from that because I think with the world that we live in today, with the digital age, we have fallen into this trap of mindless consumerism. And there's so many businesses out there who are just kind of all about the bottom line mm -hmm. and all about how they can just make as much money as they can. But 
what really matters in life is the unique things that you bring into the world, the unique things about you. And I think that's what being an entrepreneur really is. It's, it's seeing how your unique gifts fill a need that exists and then being resourceful enough to bring that forth into the world and communicate to people mm-hmm. why they need what you have. And, and it's not about creating needs. There's a lot of businesses out there that manipulate us, like manipulate our psychology to try to create needs. But sure. um, yeah, that's not what life's about. That's not what entrepreneurship is about. So yeah, thank you for sharing that story. That's sure. incredible. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so I guess when you're writing a promotional message for your business or like when you're writing for a client, what is the goal? for like, what are you actually trying to do? The overarching goal is always to build a connection, to build a relationship. Um, People will say, you know, well sales, it's sales copy. It's meant to get the sale. Yes, you do have to have sales to run a business. But if you are doing it at the expense of trust, because we've all had this, that situation where we've clicked the buy button, we've checked out and two minutes later we're sitting there going, why did I do that? Oh my God, I don't need this. And then it's a big pain in the butt to get a refund and you don't want to do it because you're embarrassed because you you got suckered in in the first place, right? So you just keep it and you just, you eat the cost and whatever it is sits on your hard drive forever. And that's just not what I'm about. I, you know, I write copy. In fact, you know, I know this is a bit of shtick, uh, but you know, I don't call myself, I, I kind of bristle at copy, the term copywriter anymore. I, I feel that I'm a copy brander because I write marketing copy that not only gets sales, it builds trust in the brand. So that's, you know, that to me is more important than anything. I don't want to make a sale. I want a loyal customer for life. I want a loyal client for life. And you can't have that if you're manipulating them. Mm-hmm. And, 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 unethical ways. Yeah, absolutely. And I like, uh, I like the part about you don't just want a customer, you want like a loyal customer. So Mm -hmm. when you're building a a piece of, when you're writing a a promotional message for your business, even if you're writing for a colder audience for people who don't really know you that well, from the very beginning, your goal is to start building that trust, um, trust that's going to last past the first purchase and, and have long and create long-term customers. So what are, what are some things that you can do to, to build that trust from the, from the get-go with your messaging? Absolutely. Okay. So there's, there's three things when they all tie in together and I apologize. I know I can get kind of long winded with this thing cause I just get fired up about it. Oh, uh, but the first thing is getting, getting clear on your story, your why, your passion. Why are you doing this and not one of 8 million other things? What made you choose this? Because there's something in your story. There's something in your narrative that led you to this. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes your take on it unique. Look, there are millions of copywriters. You can't throw a rock in the, in the marketing uh, sphere without hitting a copywriter. So, but you know what? There, there's only one weird, bald, skinny guy with a bow tie who talks about copy branding and, you know, does this authenticity shtick. And that's this guy. So, you know, I don't have to compete with other copywriters. I please my people. And... That's okay. So getting clear on your story. Uh, the, the second thing, uh, and 
if this is if you don't take anything else away from this, I hope it's this. Get clear on your client's story. Get clear on your ideal buyer's story. And I'm not just talking about like create an avatar. We've all done the avatar worksheets, right? Nay, you know, they're they're her name is Sally. She's 51. She's got 3.5 kids and a dog named Sparky. She lives in the suburbs and blah, blah, blah. What I'm talking about is whatever niche you're in, go find those potential clients and listen to what they're talking about when they think you're not listening. I'm talking about Facebook groups, forums. Yes, I know there's a little antiquated, but people still use them. Anywhere like, like that, uh, I go into to Amazon and look at books on that topic, whatever the niche is, and read the reviews. What do they like? What do they wish they had? Read the negative reviews because you'll find out what they want to hear that they're not hearing. And you can, you can build this picture of their whole world, what their day-to-day -day life looks like. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So you, so what I got from that is basically get clear on your story and then mm -hmm. get clear on your prospect story or your potential um, customer story. Right. Um, and I, I really liked the, uh, what you said about how there's a, a bunch of copywriters out there, but there's only one you. Right. Um, because I'm always telling people that there's a need to kind of stay in your own lane and kind of mm -hmm. focus on yourself. Um, because there are a lot, not only are there a lot of copywriters out there, there a lot of marketers out there, there's a lot of businesses out there right mm -hmm. now. Right. And, so the game of standing out or trying to stand above the competition, that's, it's a game that you're really never going to win. Um, and I think at the same time, there's this balance between like being kind of creative and sort of grabbing someone's attention initially, um, mm -hmm. but then also just kind of letting your benefits and your values speak for itself. So what do you, how do you think you can strike that balance? Well, you know, that's, that's interesting. You know, the, the, the third part of that is finding the intersection between your story and your ideal client's story. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a, I say that that's where the magic happens. When you can take what you know about them and show it to them and show them that you understand because it's part of your story, mm -hmm. you know, and then, it, then that makes it powerful. I'll use a, a, a quick example. Um, uh, one of the first niches I tried this in was rheumatoid arthritis. Okay, I had a client who was who had natural uh, solutions for rheumatoid arthritis. And, you know, he was targeting the same pain, you know, joint pain, um, fatigue, uh, limited mobility, the same things everybody else are ta is talking about. But, you know, as, as an arthritis, as an RA sufferer himself, you know, I'm just like, okay, we'll talk about what, go into your experience. Why are you doing this? And then we, we, we matched that up with what we were hearing on in Facebook groups, which like, it wasn't just about the pain. It was about, I haven't slept in the same bed as my spouse for five years because I wake them up tossing and turning all night, you know, mm -hmm. and it's straining our relationship. Right. You know, I, so that's something that most marketers are never going to think about. But it was something that that my client understood when I pointed it out, and it was something that the buyers understood because they've been there. But nobody's pointing to these things. Nobody's talking about, 
you know, what it's like to, you haven't seen your grandkids for six months and they come over and then you spend five minutes playing with them. And then you've got to go sit on the couch while they're playing because you're so tired from the effects of rheumatoid arthritis, from the fatigue of not being able to sleep, from, you know, the, all the pains and just the burden of everyday life. Those details are what makes people say, OMG, you get me and shut up and take my money. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It makes a lot of sense. I think um, definitely one way that you can really stand out is by showing your potential customers or people that you have a common experience with them Mm -hmm. um, and that you've been in the trenches, you've been where they've been. Um, What would you do in a case where, because with with the rheumatoid arthritis example, um, that's a really like that's a problem that's going to be in the forefront of somebody's mind if they're suffering mm-hmm. from something like that. What about if your potential customer or client might have a problem, but they're not super aware that that problem even exists yet, or they're not really aware that your specific solution might even be a possibility. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. The, yeah, definitely the awareness scale. Well, then your copy needs to be more educational. Um, and you, you, it's about finding out what they already know. Again, you know, you could do that through social media. You can do that from just listening to people in public. There's a bunch of different ways to go about it. But, you know, uh, again, I like the books thing because that gives me the opportunity to kind of to dial in from there and find out, okay, uh, people who are reading this book are also reading this book. So, you know, they may know about this, but not, what I'm talking about. In other words, you know, you kind of get, some, you get these associative, it's like detective work to me, you know, mm-hmm. to finding these little associative things around what's going on in their lives. You know, it may be that, that you're seeing several people in a niche talking about a specific book that's maybe un, seemingly unrelated to what you're selling. Mm-hmm. But you could say, okay, well, what is it that's attracting them to this? And can I use that as a connection point? Can I get on social media and say, you know, hey, I've been reading this book too, and this is what I found. And start the discussion and then move it back to educating them about what you want them to know. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very good, yeah. Um, how do you, like, walk the line between educating them on the topic and then also kind of trying to guide them towards a sale? Okay. Well, that's uh, turning what they know into something positive. Uh, So if you've established that you understand their experience and you're able to to hold that up in the mirror to them and show them that they know what they're they're going through, then it's really about constantly working in details of future casting, what life is going to be like with the solution. And not just saying it has, you know, 10 micrograms of this and 500 milligrams of vitamin C and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, uh, I'm at, you know stop for a minute. And I've even done a lead in that was just very great. Hey, I want you to stop for a minute. I want you to imagine with me. Imagine what it would be like to, to do this. What, imagine what it would be like to be able to travel, to be on a plane for six hours, to be able to stand in front of the Eiffel Tower and say, I've wanted to see this all my life and now I'm getting to because I don't have this problem that I had, you know, painting, painting the real world solution, not just the solution, but what their life looks like with it 
is a powerful way to lead them into that desire without saying by now every other paragraph you said mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cool yeah that's that's actually really good advice that's um you're you're demonstrating the what their life could be mm -hmm. and juxtaposing that with what their life is now and that's yeah um so yeah so consumers nowadays are are really intelligent like we're, we're really getting to a place where we're aware of the techniques that marketers are using to persuade us to buy things so like we can see through a lot of the the the, the cheap tricks that people use um how can this actually be a good thing for entrepreneurs and for copywriters and marketers you mean you don't believe them when there's only 17 copies of an ebook left <laughs> No, I come <laughs> on. Wow, what a skeptic. No, I'm kidding. You know, savvy entrepreneurs who are willing to do the deep work to uh, to find out their story and to really dial into their their ideal client's world are going to find this to be a huge benefit because one, it allows them to easily stand out in mm -hmm. a sea of cookie cutter competitors. And two, it's allowing them to build a clientele that they can tap into over and over again for as many years as they want, as long as you keep treating them right and keep acting with transparency, excuse me, transparency and building trust. You don't have to worry about constantly marketing, constantly going out and finding new clients and customers because you've got a ready customer base waiting and a referral base. Because, you know, when people, people talk about things they like, people talk about things they don't like. So what you do for them, as long as you are being authentic and giving them what you say you're going to give them in your marketing copy, in your messaging, in your social media, and so forth, then as long as you're actually delivering on that, then why would they have any need to go anywhere else? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like pretty much in the long run, as long as, as long as you are being really authentic about what you can do and then delivering on that, your, your business is going to be successful long term. Whereas if you are one of those people that's like, oh, there's only 17 copies of this ebook left, or you're <laughs> promising things that you aren't actually going to be able to deliver, you might get some kind of glimpse of, of like short term success, but it's going to go away really quickly unless you're marketing with integrity, which is something that I think is really important and something that I think that you really exemplify as a copywriter. Thank you. I'm really glad that you're on the show. So if you could like go back to your yourself when you were just beginning as a self-employed person or as an entrepreneur, what, what is the advice that you would give yourself? Well, first of all, the person who, the, the first agency owner I worked with told me that I was a McDonald's level copywriter and that that was all I was ever going to be. In other words, uh, you know, it just the, the templates and that's all you, that's all you can be. And that's all you need to be is just, you know, just to, here, slap it up, hand it out, go on to the next one. Um, I, I really wish that I had not taken that to heart. Uh, I really wish that I would have questioned that a lot earlier than I did because I think that I would have been able to create a lot more success for people by now than than I have. Because when I was writing templated copy, it was like, well, if you can get a 2% conversion rate, then 
you know, then the client's happy and they're not going to ask for a refund and yay for us. But you know, that's, that, that's not what I'm about. I'm not about just good enough. And you can only do just good enough for so long before you get bored and it starts taking its toll on you. You know, it, it just, you know, for me, you know, I, I'm about constantly pushing myself to do better. And, you know, I, I really wish that I caught onto that earlier that there was a better, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, try not, I, I, I try to be all things to all people or try to be a copywriter to all people. I've done, oh my God, I've done real estate. I've done financial investing. I wrote uh, a sales page about condoms. I, you know, it just, uh, coaches and e-com and just any, you know, if, if you got money and you need copy, I'm your Huckleberry. But, you know, I wish that I had learned much earlier that you don't need to be everything to everybody. And it doesn't matter what 99.9% of the people out there think of you. They can hate you. They can think you're the biggest idiot on the planet. But you know what? If you've got your tribe, if you've got your people, even if that's only a tenth of a percent of the clients you could have, that is enough to keep you busy for your entire career. Mm-hmm. I actually think the last thing is a really good point, and I'm I'm really glad you brought it up because that was a mistake that I made starting out for sure. I didn't have any idea of like what kind of business owner I wanted to work with. I started mm-hmm. out as a sales funnel um, social media person, um, and. Yeah, if you try to be everything to everyone, you end up being nothing to no one, which I didn't make that up. Somebody <laughs> more successful than me made that up. But um, yeah, it. so can you speak a little more to that? Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when they're starting out, they're afraid if they niche down too far that they're going to just alienate too many people and then they're going to end up not having a successful business. Can, so can you speak a little more to like why that is wrong? Well, it is and isn't because I, I, I have to give a nod to the fact that when you're starting out, you're like, dude, you just need to make bank. You know, I mean, the rent's due, the car payment's due, you know, you'd like to buy food sometime this week. Yeah. And, you know, you, in a way, sometimes you don't have a choice and you have to take a project where you're just like, uh, I don't really dig this, but it's money. Um, so for me, it was really just doubling down and doing this over here, you know, it's crap work while I'm building my messaging and my brand to attract the people I want. Um, you know, it, that, that was a long process. I mean, it was really a year plus to, to make that transition just because you can't, you can't ignore the fact that the mortgage company still wants to be paid. <laughs> so uh, it's, it, I guess, it's hard work. It sucks. And it's temporary. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's, I don't know if that's the ideal way to go about it. It's the only way I know. I feel, <laughs> like, it's, I feel like it's kind of like unintentionally the way I did it too, because I started out knowing nothing about business. And so I just took anybody. And then eventually I kind of started to come into my own as a, as a personal brand and as like the people that I wanted to serve. So like, I feel like that's the way I approached it too, without for sure. Really. really, Yeah. The sooner you can get clear on who your ideal clients are, the sooner you can start that phasing out process. Even if you can't just have every client be a delight to work with Mm -hmm. starting tomorrow, 
Mm-hmm. If, you, if you get clear on what you want this to be and your messaging and branding is all geared toward that, then that shift is going to happen a lot more naturally. Yeah. And I think that speaks a lot to the fact that when you're building something that's going to be sustainable over the long term, it is going to take time for it even to take off. Like it's going to take time before you see anything real happening because the, the, I, I think that the, the best things in life kind of happen slowly mm-hmm. or, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think that's also a really empowering though, to still be able to take on clients. Like you were still working as a copywriter. You were still self-employed. You didn't have to go and get another um, soul sucking corporate job. <laughs> while you were trying to your business. So yeah. Yeah. I think everybody kind of has their own way they have to approach it. But I think that the way the advice that you just gave is a, it's a good perspective on everything. Yeah, it's hard to trust the voice inside. Sometimes it's hard to even hear the voice inside. Sometimes, you know, I think creating a brand uh, and, and I think everybody should be a brand, you know, I mean, that's, I think that's where it is now. If, if you're, if you're hiding behind a, a corporate brand uh, or you're just trying to hide in general, like I did for the most parts of the first nine years I was doing this, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm stuck behind the keyboard where I'm comfortable. Uh, you know, if you're not building a brand, then you're really going to have trouble competing. Uh, but, you know, building that brand is not so much about building up. For me, it's about stripping away, stripping away all the shoulds, stripping away all of the, this is what I think they want. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, uh, my business partner tells a story about, uh, you know, the, the statues of, uh, he's got a statue of, of David you know, and uh, the four slaves. Okay, and the four slaves are partially carved out of marble, crap marble, uh, not even good quality stuff, but they're only partially done. And for hundreds of years, people thought that he did this because he just didn't have time to get around to finishing. They were crap marble, you know, we're going to be able to you know, do anything with it anyway. But it turns out that the reason he did that was to make a statement of getting out of your own mental slavery of, of getting away from those, uh, those narratives that tell you that you can't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, that's why they were still slaves because they were still encased, partially encased in this marble, which is a metaphor for, for what we tell ourselves every day that we can't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the, that comes from the maybe some things that we're told when we're when we're young by other adults in our life when we're younger or by other people later in life we're right. always told why we can't do something but sure. we live in a very reasonable practical world and everybody wants to tell you why your idea is not going to work why and i think a big part of entrepreneurship is learning how to just shut out everybody else when they're telling you like why your vision isn't going to work because they honestly like it's your vision because you're the only person who can see it. And it's your responsibility to bring that forth Mm -hmm. um, despite what the world is telling you to do. And I think getting to that core authentic self um, I really like that you made that point that your brand is not about like putting something on. It's about stripping down. Right. Um, I think when you find that core and you find that like purpose, that vision inside of you, that's really when your copywriting and the way you speak about your business starts to sort of come out on its own. So. Exactly. Exactly. And then it resonates with the people that it needs to resonate with. And don't worry about the rest of them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I have, I, 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 you know, I have people that, that message me going, you know, I, you know, you talk about all this authenticity stuff, but I use the tried and true stuff and I get 17% convergence and blah, blah, blah. Well, good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope you can sleep at night. That's cool. That's just not how I want to do business. Yeah, I you hope know. you're actually like helping people. Yeah, good. Go chest, <laughs> go thump your chest somewhere else because I really just doesn't interest me at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and being you know getting true on your and getting that certainty. The certainty was a really hard part for me because you know uh, of you know working with less than desirable clients, and then some of them, no matter what you do for them, are going to say, "Oh, you're the worst copywriter in the world," and da 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 da. You you know, I hate everything you've done, and you don't know anything, and you don't deserve to call yourself this and that and the other. And and not taking that to heart is a hard thing. But once you you learn to discard it, then you have that certainty, and that certainty is what's going to drive your unique message. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and fuel you to get it out there, and it's hard work. But you know, once you get it out there, you get excited. Like you know, I told you, I've got, uh, I did a, an Instagram live earlier today, and this is one of five five podcasts I'm on this afternoon. So, uh, you know, I, I I'm just I'm, I'll just sing it anywhere. You know, now that I'm certain about what the heck I'm talking about and that it works mm-hmm. for the people I wanted to work for. Yeah, then then there's there's no dragging yourself to the computer anymore. It's like, let's get going. Come on. Yeah, you're like really excited to get up every morning and work. That's kind of that's that's really what anybody wants is to wake up and be excited about what they're gonna do that day. And um and what you were saying about the the clients that are never gonna like your work no matter what you do, I think a lot of us probably have I've definitely experienced it where um clients are just sort of mean about like giving feedback or I don't know they're just uncooperative and mean they don't like your work I think that says more about them than it does about you like writing is such an objective thing most of what we do is such is so not objective I meant to say subjective (laughs) (laughs) doesn't like what you're doing it says more about their personal tastes and really their character if they're not being so kind to you than it does about you. So I think that's a really important realization you have to make on the path of, of becoming and finding your authenticity. Correct. So, yeah, thank you. That was a really important insight. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and where can people go to learn more about you? Like, where can they? Okay. Well, the hub's pretty simple. LeeRoley.com. Uh, and, uh, uh, I'm ramping up my Instagram presence, which I've been woefully neglecting for most of my career. Uh, so that's, I'm at, at, at the Lee Rowley on Instagram and that's, that's the two main things. Um, we are, I'm building out a partnership site with my, uh, my uh, par- partner, Brian Brody called Certifiably Brilliant. And uh, yeah, so uh, so we're building that out. Uh, it's a, a pretty new thing, but we're, we're joining forces so you get two crazy people instead of one. Uh, I, I've done it, you know, I've taken to doing this, and I'll leave this as a quick sidebar before I kind of jump on another podcast, but uh, I've, ta- I've taken to using a collaborative approach. Uh, I like to collaborate with the clients when they want to, to get things in their own voice. Uh, and I also collaborate with, uh, with Brian, a, 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 another brilliant wordsmith. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of tr- uh, television radio experience with taglines and, and uh, media presentations. So it just brings a fresh perspective for me to be able to, uh, 
you know, to write the first draft of someone's copy and, and instead of just handing it to him and go, here you go, hope it works, just take, sending it over to Brian and then, uh, you know, having us sit in a room for, for four hours with, you know, Diet Pop and coffee and, and Cheetos or whatever and just hammer out every line until it sings. You know, because no matter how good you are, you don't know everything. I don't know everything there is to know about copywriting. You know, I learn something each time I work with a client, something new. And that's what keeps this exciting for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you always need to be learning about your business. The second you decide you know everything, you don't need to be doing this anymore. Go find something else to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, entrepreneurship is is a it's just a constant journey of, of learning new things about yourself and about life and about business ownership. Really life should be a process of learning, but I think entrepreneurs we're lucky enough that we get to walk this path where that so much, like one year of business ownership for me, I was a completely different person. On <laughs> It really forces you to become your best self to Absolutely. do something like this. Absolutely. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Great. Well, um, and definitely, if you're listening, definitely check out LeeRowley.com because the copy on his site is, it'll crack you up. I, I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I was reading through it when I was um, th- coming up with an introduction. And I was like, right. you're <laughs> very clever. Um, yeah, but thank you so much for coming on this podcast and sharing all of your wisdom. Uh, I, I'm, I can only imagine how impactful this will be for for the listeners so i really appreciate you taking the time to do this absolutely and you know if you dm me on instagram that's i i get those all the time uh you know questions i'm happy to help so i'm not uh, i'm not a you know behind the wall sort of guy i don't do the ivory tower thing you're always welcome to ask me questions and i'll do my best to help that's great yeah take him up on that he knows a lot so Cool. Well, thank you so much again for being on here and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yeah. Great. Thank you both so much. I appreciate it. What an amazing interview was that? I'm so grateful that Leo is able to take some time from his schedule to talk with us. Here are some key takeaways from the conversation. If you sound like everyone else, the only thing that distinguishes you is that you are willing to work cheap. I mean, who wants to be known for that, right? It's so important that you find what makes you unique as a business and as a person and put that front and center. The goal with promotional writing is to build a connection. The misconception here is that the goal is always to get to a sale, and that isn't going to create a long-term customer base. Connection and trust between you and your customer equals sustainable business. I love that Lee calls himself a copy brander instead of a copywriter because his goal is to help build trust in a brand. This kind of work is much needed because people are becoming very cynical towards online businesses and online marketing. So trust is the most important thing to have between you and a potential customer. And one of the really valuable things that Lee talks about is how to begin crafting your message. He talks about getting clear on your why, getting clear on your story, and determining where your story and your customer's story meet. And lastly, we talk about how everyone should be a brand, regardless of what you are doing, whether or not you're even an entrepreneur, you should be a brand. When you're hiding yourself from the world, 
you're depriving the world from you. And building a brand isn't necessarily about putting on a persona. It's about going back to your essence as a person and amplifying that so everyone can see how awesome you are. Such profound wisdom shared by Lee, and I hope you got some stuff that you can bring back into your business. I will be doing more interviews in the future, so that is something to look forward to. I think they're pretty cool. Hopefully you do too. And with that, until next week, it is time for you to go forth and be the bold, daring, courageous, reckless entrepreneur that you were meant to be, and I will see you next week.